Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me and my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jay Hugh. I think we're doing a, I guess a scuttlebutt in a way. Kind of. We, we haven't really done any movie news in a long time, so we're kind of going to do a roundup of some stuff that came out in the month of June. Yeah, well, we used to do it, you know, kind of on a weekly basis because there was shit that was coming out all the time because that was just, that's American life in the 21st century. It's just constant entertainment news that is kind of entertainment in itself. But since quarantine, things have slowed down considerably. Uh, but that doesn't mean there's no news. It just meant there probably wasn't enough for a weekly segment, but maybe a monthly segment. Yeah, I also feel like uh, it's hard to get excited about any news when I don't believe any of it's going to happen. That's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, totally. I think that's part of the reason why I was ready to do one of these is because it almost felt like a second we were going to get to do something. And then it didn't happen. Yeah. Maybe now. We'll find out. Um, I got a list of things that were announced in June. I think maybe two of them are from prior to that. We haven't done one in a while. I'm, I'm guessing since Ian left, I mean, before quarantine. So there's probably yeah. a lot of crap we've missed. But again, it's a fair chance it'll never happen anyway. The first one I have is uh, Craig Mazin and Johan Rink, who made Chernobyl. If you haven't watched it, it's on HBO. It's freaking fantastic. Are going to be the duo taking over Last of Us for a live action HBO adaptation. Uh, Joseph, you played this game, right? I have played this game. But you did not watch Chernobyl. I haven't seen Chernobyl, but I, you know, everyone who's watched it says it's the best fucking thing that came out that year on TV anyway. Um, yeah, it's right up there with Watchmen. And, uh, you know, I think Last of Us is pretty uh, universally considered, you know, kind of one of the great storytelling, uh, like narrative video games that's ever been made. Uh, so this would be an interesting pairing. I don't, uh, you know, I don't know why it needs a movie because again, like the video game experience is pretty cinematic. And it's also like, it, it, it will be weird for me having played the game to different people in those roles. But for people who aren't necessarily, you know, into gaming, which is, you know, probably a large percentage of the population, this is a, probably a good way to get introduced to a great story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I, I always win one of these mo- games like this. And I, I don't really play a lot of video games, but I just think it's weird when they turn them into movies since they're such cinematic experiences already. You know, it's not like when you, and you know, I'm not holding this up as a point of virtue, but not like when you turned, say, uh, Super Mario Brothers into a movie and there wasn't really, you know, a, a cinematic story to that. So there was right. something to build on, even if what they built was crap. This is, you know, it's either they're going to do exactly what it already tells you or they're going to do something different. And I, I guess either way, they're going to disappoint somebody. Yeah, sure, I think it's going to be a pretty direct adaptation. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I think I think the creative team and 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 uh, you know the effort behind it seems encouraging. If if it can yeah. go well, it, I think it's going to go. You know, it seems like they're they're putting the right pieces in place. Yeah, I think Neil Druckmann, who made the game, directed the game. I think he's also involved as an executive producer. So you know, it could be. Uh, I have high hopes. You know, Such I would be re- really excited if they cast uh, Josh Holloway as uh, Joel. Oh, well, that's a name I haven't heard in a hot minute. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to just use them in anything. Agreed. Holy shit. I would love that. Yeah, that's my only fan cast. I don't really know anyone for Ellie because I know yeah. Ellen Page was like the model, but I think Ellen Page is too old now. 
I mean, she still kind of looks like she could be in high school. That's totally true. But um, I don't think she wants to play a high schooler anymore. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, so there, I'm sure there is a 20-something-year-old actress out there that I don't know clue about who would make a great Ellie. But Not Josh sure. Holloway is my choice. How do, we, how do we connect Josh Holloway's agent to this fucking production? <laughs> <laughs> like, we need to make this happen. Uh, the Bill and Ted 3 trailer. Bill and yeah. Ted music. Trailer finally debuted. I, I really dug this trailer. It was a lot of fun. It was a, uh, not that I really had any reservations for the third one, but it felt very much like Bill and Ted to me. And I'm, I'm really excited to see that movie. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, before this, seeing this, I was kind of, I was kind of worried they were going to do something, say like the Robin Williams, Peter Pan, where they were adults now mm. and they had to learn to be Bill and Ted. Uh, Bill and Ted again, and that could have been interesting, but this is just way more fun. This is more fun, yeah. Exactly those guys. Yeah, I like that they're exactly those guys, and yet still even more of a failure than they're supposed to. No, it's just it's it's fun, and what's really what's exciting to me about it is we've all we've we've the internet has just obsessed over Keanu Reeves, and I appreciate that Keanu Reeves can make fun of himself and still be like that guy. He's not John Wick all the time anymore. He's not like Liam Neeson, who's only doing this role. Like he's 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 still the same dude he was thirty years ago. And and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm really excited to see that movie. Also, what a bone to throw to Alex Winter. Yeah, he's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, that, I mean, that to me that probably proves that Keanu Reeves is a is a solid dude more than any of the other solid dude stories. Is that I mean, he really doesn't have to still work with this guy who he left so far behind. And it's really cool that he does. Yep. For sure. Another piece of video game news, um, a game that I know Joseph and I both played was the PS4 Spider-Man game that came out last year Uh, at Sony's PS5 presentation. They announced a, I guess a sequel spinoff. So this is, this is a point of contention and I have still been reading like conflicting reports about this, but carry on with the main gist. All I was going to say is they're making Spider-Man Miles Morales, which at the, end of the, at the end of the first game, you know that Miles got powers, and it felt like that was teasing for a sequel to that game, but I guess it was just teasing this new thing that we did not know about. Right. And so the, the confusion uh, among the internet, I think, right now is whether or not this is its own fully fleshed out like new game, because they say it, it's not a sequel. But I, I guess there's there's some confusion over whether it is like uh, like a DLC, like an extension of the Spider-Man game on the PS4, or whether it's a whole new game that is a sequel. You know that that, that is its own fully fleshed out game kind of thing. It's it it's one of the reasons this is so confusing is because it is very very rare for them to announce a game that will come out in six months. Mm. Um, and so it seems like if it is a full six to 10 hour gameplay game, we would have heard about it at least a year ago. Right. Um, but the fact we're hearing about it and it's releasing in six months, I think that's what's really leaning to the confusion. And Sony has done no- nothing to really clarify it. Since yeah, this absolutely. I hope it's a full game. You know, I, I, it looks incredible. I will not be buying a PS5 for it, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, the release of this will probably mean that I'll finally get a PS4. So that's the part of it I'm most. Hey, excited. join the club! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got mine I, last year. 
I will. I also got mine last year. I will say this for PlayStation. I had hardly picked up my Xbox controller outside of putting on Netflix to play a video game in years. And having a PS4 in 12 months, I played like five or six different games, which is a ton for me. Uh, right. It, it, it really, I don't know, all the games that were exclusive to it, I have really enjoyed. And uh, it's made me want to play video games again, whereas my Xbox just didn't do it. So, hmm. Sony, if you're listening, I'll take that paycheck. <laughs> if only. <laughs> all right, move on to our next piece of news. In the age of Disney live action interpretations of classics, uh, this is not one of them, though it's a similar title. Guillermo del Toro wants to make a Pinocchio movie. Um, just like he wanted to make a Beauty and the Beast movie and then they beat him to it. He's trying to get a Pinocchio movie out. And he cast Ewan McGregor as Jiminy Cricket, which fine. It, it seems like something that's already happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that seems like something that Ewan McGregor's already done. But I mean, yeah, for I'm, sure. You know, uh, Ewan McGregor is one of the most perennially likable guys I can think of. So whatever he wants to do, I'm on board with. But I don't really have a large interest in Pinocchio or Jiminy Cricket. I, yeah. So you said, you said this is uh, Guillermo del Toro, right? Yep. Yeah, like I, I, this story itself, I think, is a really horrifying story, even Absolutely. in its, even in its very Disney-fied up Disney version. His version uh, of the kids turning into donkeys is going to be. That's terrifying. what I'm saying, man. Like, yeah. who the fuck is this for? Yeah. <laughs> is this, I guess this would be like GDT's Mowgli. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I, yeah. I guess I'd watch it if, I mean, if it, I think I'd only watch it if it looked really fucking creepy. You know, like, it can't be too kiddie. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's either got to go one direction or the other. I don't feel like I could do it if it's both. It's got to get yeah. scarier than Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. That's I guess I, I guess Del Toro's never made a movie I didn't watch, so of course I will watch this. Yeah, no, agreed there. I mean, we're all kind of uh, Guillermo super fans here. We watch everything he makes, but this is just like, kind of to your point, Hurt, I have no interest in watching a Pinocchio story. Right. I guess attaching GDT to it makes me more interested, and I, Ewan McGregor is not a detractor. So I, I suppose if I were to watch a version, it would be this version. But there's another part of this we haven't discussed, which is GDT signs on to everything and oh, yeah. nothing. That's true. That's a really good point. So, <laughs> so this probably may not happen. be news. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're talking about. Like already COVID has like knocked out 80% of movie news. And then like shit like this happens. And that's another like 10%. That's just, it's just never, it's never going to happen. Right. Ooh, well, while we're on that note, can I knock on to a couple of things that I had looked up that are just kind of speculation, things that people sure, want go ahead. whatever yeah. uh, that have happened in the meantime? Vivica A. Fox, who was, uh, oh, just, what, what was she in Kill Bill? What was her character's name? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, she, she wants to cast uh, Zendaya as uh, her daughter in a Kill Bill 3 uh, sequel, which is a, you know, a thing that Quentin Tarantino has, has talked about. Uh, and never really committed to for for quite a while, but you know the time is is about right these days, and I'd be super down with this. Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, and, and I mean, just as casting and both both as casting and as you know, let's just let's just make this movie. You know, fuck it. Right. We can still count it as one movie. You can still make another one, Quentin. It's fine. <laughs> um, there is, the, and also okay. if there's a creepy perv out there somewhere who's waiting to see Zendaya's feet. Here we go. 
<laughs> that creepy perv again is Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. Uh, there's supposedly, you know, on the recent news of Joel Schumacher's death, there's supposedly a Schumacher cut of, I think it's Batman Forever. Was that the one? Or is it Batman? Yeah, and yeah Batman No, Forever. it's Batman Forever. Yeah. Uh, it's like four hours long. Yeah. Which, you know what? Fuck it. Put it out there. I'm on quarantine time. I don't give a fuck. I'll watch it. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't put that on HBO Max, too. I mean, it's a Warner Brothers movie, you know. I'm on, I, I will be in the minority here and say Batman Forever is better than Transformers and it's better than people give it credit for. You know, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think Batman Forever is pretty fun. I think uh, Val Kilmer does a good job. Uh, you know, I mean, that movie, I think the thing that people forget about that movie is it made 11 billion fucking dollars. It was huge. And people largely liked it at the time. They just kind of soured. I think. I think Batman and Robin drug its stock down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think... I also prefer Batman and Robin to Batman Forever. But I think I, I know that's a specific uh, opinion. I think Two-Face drags that movie down. I feel like if it was just Jim Carrey as the Riddler, mm-hmm. that may be one of my favorite. That might be my favorite of the first four. I like, think... I, I think I, I think I would like that movie if there was just less of Jim Carrey's penis in every shot. <laughs> that is a lot of it. I think I, I, hard quite a bit. I think it could have been better if Tommy Lee Jones just had any idea what he was there for. That's yeah, that fair. Like he did not seem to have a have a clue what Two Face was about. So I think someone just showed him a few clips of Jack Nicholson. He said, "Yep, got it. I'll do that." <laughs> I I mean I also appreciate this movie tries Robin. You know, like yeah, no one's given it a shot since, but at least they at least they tried. Agreed. Uh, um, yeah, if they if they released a four hour cut of this, I would watch it the day it came out. I, I agree. I've still got my uh, McDonald's uh, uh, cups from this movie. So yeah, That's I, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty into it. Yeah. And, uh, and then despite the fact that no one has asked her, uh, Janelle Monet is actively campaigning on social media for the role of Storm in, uh, in some kind of Marvel movie, presumptively maybe a Black Panther movie, but also possibly an X-Men reboot since they have the property now, uh, which you know, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to take her up on it, but she's hot. I mean, I don't mean that like attractive. I mean, like she's like, <laughs> God damn I was it. like is he in back? <laughs> I mean, like she is uh, trending, I guess is the yeah. right word. Uh, it seems like the right time to cast her in something. Why not? If she wants it. I mean, she's also is attractive, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm see, I'm of the mind. We should still give that girl who played storm the last time a shot to speak. We should put her in at least yeah. one more movie and let her speak to make sure that she wasn't good at that. Nah, she had her shot. Man, I don't. What I, what's really annoying to me about the Storm thing is it feels like anytime there is an interview with a black actress, it's always, would you be interested in a Marvel character? Like, we all know the one you're talking about. And yes, <laughs> they probably all do want it because Marvel's a paying gig for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, it just feels like a everyone's talking about it every every news outlet is asking every black actress if they want to play storm and uh look chadwin boseman's hot i'd want to kiss that dude too but like no, no <laughs> one's asking me he's kind of an old man he seems kind of grumpy about being black panther now i don't know if, if everyone else gets that i before. have seen that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um you know, I, I mean, I, I think it would be very hard to introduce Storm as Black Panther's girlfriend. I think we would still have a few movies to get to that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. 
that's the big rumor is that she'll be in in Black Panther two. But I think that's just what a lot of people hope. You know, I, I don't right, think right. not so much Marvel. I don't see Ryan Coogler doing that. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe, but. You got any more speculative things there, Jason? I think the last one I have that we'll probably throw it back to you because it might be on your list is something I think we might have talked about on a previous podcast, at least glancingly, which is uh, Michael Keaton being uh, cast as, as Batman in an Ezra, Ezra Miller Flashpoint movie. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> I like everything about that except for Ezra Miller Flashpoint. <laughs> <Yes>. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So really, um, you just like Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would love to see him play Batman again in some capacity. Like I'm 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 super into that. Uh, I just and, I just like the idea of like let's just let's just mix the messy universe, you know, like fuck continuity. I know we've we, that's kind of been our, our uh we, we keep beating that drum is fuck <laughs> continuity. Just just throw it all together and see what sticks. Right, right. Yeah, I, I had no interest in this movie. And I think I think the studio knows that people have no interest in this movie. And they don't want it to be another Green Lantern. So, again, yeah, they're just going to throw crap on the wall and see what happens. It's Flashpoint. You can do whatever you want. Um, and bringing Michael Keaton back, you know, awesome. Do it. Let's see what happens. Uh, maybe it'll give me Batman Beyond one day. And I feel like that guy's just been leaning into it. After Birdman. And oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Man, <laughs> Uncoming. It would, He's just, it does seem kind of ironic to go back to the Batman role after making Birdman. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> fuck it. On that note, on the Batman note, HBO Max, this is kind of a July thing. This just came out, but um, announced that Matt Reeves is executive producing a Gotham PD show as a prequel to his Batman movie, which sounds exactly like the Gotham show we got on Fox. Yeah, I'm not excited for this. F-words and sex. The only <laughs> way I will be excited about this is if they hire... Uh, Greg Ruka and Matt Brubaker to write it, and it's got the Gotham Central come. Other than that, it can fuck off because I'm I'm sick of what about the thing before the thing? Fuck the thing before the thing. I just want the thing. Yeah, <laughs> put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I don't I don't need to see Gotham's descent into darkness. I'm fine with Gotham Gotham just being a shithole, um, and I don't care about any of those characters. Are you, are you, are you going to like, uh, are you going to get what's his butt to play? Who plays Jim Gordon? Is he going to come back and do the show? I don't think so, but right. I don't know. This one's kind of dumb, but uh, they're making another Ninja Turtles movie. This one executive produced by Seth Rogen, which is a weird combination of words. I don't know. It kind of tracks for me. It seems like Seth Rogen really likes pizza too. <laughs> well, I, I, I honestly, I think the way, um, uh, the way it will work is this, uh, you know, there was never a second of any Scooby-Doo episode where we were not completely sure that Shaggy and Scooby were hot. They never said it, but we always knew it. That's how Seth Rogen will make a Ninja Turtles movie. This one will be CGI, uh, kind of like that one with Patrick Stewart from like 2008. He's doing it with the, I think he's producing it with the same guy he did produce Preacher with, Evan Goldberg, is that right? Right. Um, I haven't watched Preacher, but it looks good. So maybe this will be okay. Maybe. I, you know, I did really like the last CGI uh, Ninja Turtle movies. Uh, if, if it just had that look, I would be on board. Yeah, I've, watched, I've gone back to that movie kind of recently and watched it. And I really, it's, it's pretty fun. Hmm. Um, 
this can be the last piece of news or we could do, you know, I have a couple other things, whatever. Uh, Margot Robbie making a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Apparently they're making two Pirates of the Caribbean movies. One that's kind of in the main continuity, but a re-total reboot. And then this one that's just totally separate, starring Margot Robbie. Um, this makes a whole lot of sense, I think. Yeah. Explain she yourself. Likes, she likes franchises. She likes right. being lead in franchises. This franchise is in desperate need of help. She is a superstar. And uh, I think she'd look good in a corset. <laughs> I mean, those are all good points. Do you feel like she's enough of a draw to save this franchise, though? Which is always, I feel like, I mean, maybe people go for the adventure, but I feel like it's always been kind of like a big personality-driven sort of thing. I feel like it was Johnny Depp when Johnny Depp was riding high. Yeah, um, that's probably true. No, I don't think she's enough of a personality. I think this franchise is dead. I think they should have let it sit for another five years. Like they're they're trying too soon after the last. They they tried to come back too soon. The last time after it didn't work out, and now they're doing the same thing again. What? This one needs to set for a while. It needs to gain some nostalgia because we don't, we don't have enough distance from it to want it back. What they need to do is continue building the Disneyland extended universe with Jungle Cruise and, and uh, you know, Tomorrowland still exists. We can, we can just keep building out and then <laughs> uh, connect them together after three or four of those are kind of successful and then bring back in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, some sort of weird Avengers team up. I love it. Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Johnny Depp and Yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> uh yeah, you know, here's the thing. I am when I say I think Pirates of the Caribbean is dead, I I would be interested in watching another Pirates movie. I like things on ships. I uh like that world i like the like kind of paranormal you know thing going on but it just feels like they have no new ideas so right. unless margot robbie herself has the idea and pitched it because i would trust her more than i would trust whoever jerry bruckheimer or whoever is in charge of this property at disney um, i think she is a better filmmaker right now uh, than whoever was in charge of that. But if they're just getting her because she's an A-list celebrity and they just want something new, then I, I just don't think it's going to work. But which one do you think is more likely to happen? This movie or the like total reboot? See, it, it's one of those things where I don't even, why does it even need to be a total reboot? Just do another movie in that world and don't mention anything about any character we've already seen. Well, that's probably what they will do, but I think they're using the term reboot for it. Right. Yeah, I, I, I foresee this one being more likely because, again, it is, it, I guess it's like almost 20 years old now, but it still feels way too recent uh, and fresh in everybody's memory to reboot this with a new cast uh, and make it satisfying to anybody. Yeah. So Steven Spielberg, shockingly so, will not be directing Indiana Jones 5. Uh, I had to do the math in my head there for a second. Right. James Mangold has been hired to come on and, and direct the film. Shortly after his hiring, the writers quit, um, which sounds more dramatic than I think it is. I simply think James Mangold wants to write the movie himself. What do we think about this? I feel like it's the right choice if Spielberg's not doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I think, I think some fresh blood is probably good for this franchise because I think the concept has like way more mileage in it, uh, but I'm just not sure that Steven Spielberg has more mileage for it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I think there's a better shot of James Mangold making a better movie at this point in his career, but I am less excited about it because I really wanted Spielberg to do one more real great spielberg movie and maybe he just doesn't have that in him anymore maybe he's too busy chasing being an oscar contender all the fucking time but uh i would have i i was i'm bummed that that uh that spielberg's at least not gonna try yeah that's fair i i, I would have also probably been down with spielberg staying on but if he if he feels like he can't do it or he doesn't want to do it then i think james mangold is the best choice out there a lot of his movies, I don't know that they've had the humor um, and kind of like family adventure themes going on like the Indiana Jones films, mm. ha- films have, but they definitely have the look and feel and uh, he's got this kind of like, you know, Western-y vibe and, and I, I think he's got a really good voice that can bring something uh, both classic and new to the Indiana Jones franchise. So I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a good hire. I mean, I, this is going to sound like I'm, I'm ragging on him, and I, I am very slightly, but also I am paying him a compliment. I feel like if there's one thing James Mangold is good at, it's aping other styles. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm sure he, like everybody else, watched Indiana Jones a bazillion times as a kid growing up, maybe as an adult. I'm sure that he can probably figure out the, the beats for it. I feel like that's maybe one of his strengths is kind of adaptability. So I'm, I'm hoping that he can, I mean, I agree. I think humor is the one thing that is more prevalent in the Indiana Jones film that's not prevalent in any of James Mangold's other stuff. Uh, but, you know, maybe he can just watch and learn. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I do think he, even if you look at his career, like he's, his movies have all kind of been modeled after other, not even, maybe not one filmmaker, but I, 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 over like genres and, uh, he seems to be like a better version of like JJ Abrams in that, in that JJ is really good at modeling other people, but he can't tell an original story to save his life. At least Mangold is like modeling styles and themes and then also telling like a pretty good story, a uh, standalone story on its own, no matter how much I crap on the Wolverine. Let's do James Mangold versus JJ Abrams. James Mangold wins. I, don't I know he does. <laughs> don't even need to do this showdown. But that, I think that's all, and that's the news. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, good job, Ian. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. So that's it for uh, for the news for the last couple months. You know, month or two. Uh, hopefully, I still don't think we're we're good enough to to pump these things out on a weekly basis. But we'll probably throw in a couple news here and there uh, as it accumulates until this whole quarantine nonsense. Not nonsense. That's going to make it sound bad. Until this whole quarantine nightmare is over. But in the meantime, what have we been watching this past week, guys? Uh, I'm going to go real quick. I watch nothing but Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> for you. Lean into it. Still great, you know. Uh, Matt Smith is the Doctor now, right out of the 11th Doctor. I still hate Amy Pond and Rory with a fiery passion. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I enjoy it better than Transformers. Yeah, that's it for me. I like it. Well, I guess I'll go. Uh, it's, it's been the same order every fucking week, Kurt. Come on. <laughs> I just, I'm just not used to that being so short. Uh, uh, yeah, the only thing I really watched this week was something I uh, thought I had no interest in watching whatsoever, which as I started watching, uh, The Boys on Amazon. Oh, really? Okay, so I'm interested about this, right? I, I'm really hesitant 
to jump into it because it seems like all of the people who I don't want to emulate in life like the show. Uh, I, but I like I like the idea of kind of like an over the top satire of the superhero like craze that we're in right now. Um, right. And I can't decide if it's if it's tasteful or if it's just like sex and violence and and language just for like the sake of that in tights. Ha ah, man, uh, you know it's hard to say <laughs> at this point. Uh, <laughs> I, How far are I, you? I'm, I'm three episodes in. You know, I, I never read this comic when it was out. Uh, I like the you know the uh, the writer behind it, Garth Ennis, uh, uh, with Steve Dillon did a book called Preacher that I love. But uh, but whenever he gets involved with superheroes, it's just so obvious how much disdain he has for superheroes and superhero fans that it's hard to enjoy. It's just usually a little too cynical for my taste. And the the comic, uh, every like promo image of it was just super gory and stuff. And I was like, ah, this is probably good, but it's not for me. So I, I didn't really think I had an interest in the show either. But, uh, you know, uh, some friends of uh, me and Sarah's, uh, Brittany and Nathan, were, my, uh, were really pushing it uh, that we should try it. So we did. And overall, I say it's better than Transformers. But it is like, I know that you're supposed to, the boys are protagonists, but I don't really know that they're, any good guys on this show and mm. definitely there's a lot of just shock what basically what you're talking about just shock sex and violence there's a you know uh you know uh someone dies during cunnilingus there's a uh you know complete with an exploding head uh you know there's a there's a dolphin used as a missile uh and this is just in the first three episodes but I think actually I enjoy it more as a TV show than I would have as a comic. I can sort of accept that shit more from a comic. I, I would definitely, I'd recommend giving it, giving it a try. It's, it's better than Transformers. And for nothing else, Garth, in, um, Garth, in, what's, what's his name? Carl Urban is charming as hell as Butcher. Uh, and the uh, pseudo Justice League in it is really fun to hate. They're really bad, bad guys. Fair enough. No. I tried this show. I couldn't do it. It was too much for me. I mean, I really thought it was going to be too much for me, too. I, it's, you know, I mean, again, that's not usually my thing, but I, I don't know. It, I guess I, it caught me at the right time. Uh, well, I watched a couple things this week, uh, but not like too much. I, uh, as our, our Ghibli movie this week, I knew this week I had prepared and prepared Val that it was going to be sad. We watched Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, mm. And big fucking surprise! It was really fucking sad. Real sad. Have you seen it before? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm so torn about like how to feel about it because like I think it's probably one of the better war movies I've ever seen. Uh, mm. Like it tells it tells a really interesting side of of like you know the Japan U.S. conflict in World War II I've never seen. Uh, it's kind of the effects of of uh, you know war on like a civilian scale but like i don't know you 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 get a lot of layers from a very uh narrow perspective of the story uh but it's just real sad about like two kids who are orphaned just trying to like survive yeah and uh spoiler alert doesn't go great Uh, so I, I don't know if I can recommend it or not, but if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, I think it's a very well-made movie. I just think it's too fucking sad for me to ever watch again. Man, like two months ago, someone texted me about Grave, uh, about this film, and they were like, hey, have you seen this? And uh, they're like, would you, you basically asked me if I'd recommend it, and I was like, look, it's incredible, 
but I can't personally just like tell you to watch right. it because <laughs> it is so heartbreakingly sad. Yeah. I, yeah I'm, it, I'm totally with you. Uh, and I, I started kind of, I don't know if I'm committed to it, but I started the first couple episodes of a, a new anime called Japan Sinks. It's actually called Japan Sinks 2020, but the title is exactly what it is. It's about, it's like a disaster movie, but it's a disaster series where Japan is sinking and we follow a family who's trying to like make it out, I guess, uh, you know, find higher ground, not get swallowed up by the sea. Uh, but for, for, exactly what i've just told you it's fairly i don't know if it's lighthearted. that's probably not the right word but like it's not as uh doom and gloom as you might like think it is uh you know it's kind of more about like family bonding and they're just like trying to collect information where they can get it and like you know make the best of their circumstances and then like once per episode there's some really horrifying grisly event that i'm not expecting because it doesn't fit the rest of the tone of the show uh and so i don't know how i feel about it yet but at least i like they've they've set a precedent now so i'm like i'm ready for it the next time so i'll let you know i'm not sure if it's better or worse than transformers yet uh, cool. and then the last thing i watch uh with with the wife is uh palm springs the uh time oh, yeah, yeah. romance with andy samberg and Kristen miliotti i think how do you say her name she's the mom yeah, from how i met your mother yeah miliotti chris chris mom uh, and and a surprise J.K. Uh, Simmons, who knew? But it it's essentially like it's it's the, it's a ninety minutes. It's a it's a comedy rom com kind of thing. It's essentially Groundhog Day. But if midway through Groundhog Day, one of the other random background characters uh, also got stuck in the same time loop with Bill Murray, and that's I mean that's genuinely it because Val Val kept, <laughs> make, Val kept making points. Because she's never seen Groundhog Day, which is my fault. I'll take the blame for that. But she's like, I don't know why he wouldn't have tried this or done this. And I think and I was like, I'm pretty sure the movie is expecting you to have seen Groundhog Day. And the expectation <laughs> is he's already done all this shit. And you've already seen it because you've already watched Groundhog Day. And this is what comes next. But it's a good time. It's 90 minutes. It's super fun. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very apt and uh, accidentally appropriate movie for quarantine. Or quarantining as a couple, anyway. I recommend it. It's on Hulu. Uh, but that's it. What are the Transformers? Uh, Joseph, I, we uh, don't have to talk about this long, but have you been watching Critical Role since it came oh, back? Oh, that's what that... I, put it, I fucking boxed that for, like, things that have happened since quarantine. I mean, that's news, but yes, of course I have. I watched the first episode and I started the, the 101. I am proud that we as real phonies are now, I think, eight or nine episodes ahead of, of Critical Role's campaign too uh yep. and I, hope we, I hope we can stay ahead but uh yeah i'm digging it i i uh, i'm just happy to be back with with all of my friends it's weird though because i've just finished uh actually i probably should have mentioned that i finished the adventure zone which is the other dd podcast uh-huh. Uh-huh. that i've been listening to uh and they're just so vastly like different things for being kind of the same thing uh, that it's a really jarring experience to go from one to the other. One is much more like humor centric and like nor- narrative centric, and uh, you know, Critical Role. As much as Matt is is great at you know storytelling and and like painting a picture, is like way more focused on the rules than. Yeah, I mean, he's he's very like by the book, by the D and D book. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and, and the other one is not that way at all. They're just like fuck it, don't roll. I'll you you know it, it's it's very much the rule of cool. Yeah. 
Uh, I would say the only thing I, I, I would add is the episode 100, it was very apparent these people had not played D&D in For format. sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, which is kind of fun because that was, that was one of the things that I enjoyed. When you're binging it, I think you, you – when you're binging it and when you don't have to play, I think you can get a better handle on what's going on uh, than when you have to, like, make decisions and intake information and, like, you know, all that kind of stuff when you're actually playing the game. So I remember – listening to the podcast for the first campaign which is for hurt like 116 episodes uh and you know they'd be like episode 80 and they'd be using a spell that they've been using since the first episode and they're like oh how much does this do how do i cast this like motherfucker you've done it like 700 (laughs) times uh and so i i don't get to do that as much now because they're actually better at it so it's kind of fun to yell the tv again yeah yeah, no, it's been a good time. Uh, I, I, the uh, the cult surprising the cult. I love that. Was a great, great oh. twist. And um, <laughs> the only prediction I have is that the watch belongs to Vandrin, which I think Sam also thought during the episode. But mm. uh, you know, I, I'm I'm super happy it's back. Me too, man. I've 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 definitely missed it. Yeah. It made me log into my Twitch account for the first time. And oh, God, I fucking hate Twitch. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's it for this week. Uh, next week, you know, again, who knows? Whatever, whatever happens will happen. We'll talk about it on Monday, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, if there's any important news, uh, you know, I'm, I know that there was a bunch of things. There's people who died. There's things that got canceled. There's all kinds of shit that's happened that we didn't necessarily mention. But if there's anything that you want us to talk about, uh, you can email us at realphonies@gmail.com. You can also uh, follow us uh, and message us on, on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. <laughs>